Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Hey guys, what is going on? Have you ever wondered if fat burners actually work or what type of protein powder you should buy or if you need to be taking a pre-workout? If so, you are not alone. A question I get all the time as an online fitness coach is, what supplements should I be taking? And like everything with fitness, the answer to that is very individualized. What supplements you need, what supplements you don't need, how much of each you should be taking, what brands are the best, and what supplements actually work, and which ones won't do shit for you. And the answer to all of those questions is going to depend on so many things. What are your goals? Do you have any deficiencies? How often are you training? What struggles are you experiencing or not experiencing? And most importantly, how dialed in is your nutrition? Because the one thing I can tell you is that supplements won't do shit for you if your nutrition isn't consistently on point and aligned with your goals. Because supplements are meant to supplement a healthy diet. So, I mean, even if your nutrition is 100% dialed in, supplements likely will only help you like an extra 1% to maybe 10% extra, if that. And there is a lot of misinformation out there on supplements. And because of that, there are a lot of sketchy supplement schemes and it results in a lot of people making very poor decisions with what supplements they invest in. So today, I'm going to tell you guys my opinion on some supplements. And I want to make it very clear that this is only my opinion. I am not a medical professional, and you should always, always, always consult your doctor and get your blood work done before you begin taking any supplement, okay? So before we do get into it, I want to tell you guys a story about the first time I ever took pre-workout. So I remember this very clearly. And at the time, I wasn't really into weight training. I was really into hot yoga. So this was when my thing was hot yoga. I was doing it every single day. And looking back now, what I needed was not at all a pre-workout. It was definitely some type of intro workout supplement, some type of carb drink, or even an electrolyte replacement would have definitely done the trick for me. But I didn't know this. This was like over 10 years ago. And I just knew I I felt like I needed more energy to make it through my hot yoga class. So I went to the GNC in Kelowna. For those of you who don't know, I'm from the Okanagan. I went to the GNC and there was this super jacked girl working out there. And she definitely seemed like she looked like she would know what she's talking about. I'm like, yeah, I need a pre-workout. It's for my hot yoga class. I, I just need something to help push me through the whole 90-minute session. So she sold me C4. <laughs> 
And um, it was C4 pink lemonade. And I'd never, ever taken pre-workout in my life. Like I didn't even know what pre-workout did or really what the point of it was. And I took it home that day and I was getting ready for my hot yoga class. And I was super excited. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be the best class ever. I'm gonna have so much energy. And I opened up the pre-workout. I I pulled the top off, whatever, scooped it out. And I noticed the scoop was really, really tiny. And up until this point in my life, the only supplement I'd ever taken was protein powder. And I thought that protein powder and pre-workout must be really, really similar. But the scoop for my protein powder was like four times or more the size of the scoop in my C4 pre-workout. And so my uneducated self was making a smoothie to have before I went to my hot yoga class. I'm like, you know what? I put protein powder in my smoothie. I'm going to put my pre-workout in the smoothie as well. But I'm like, this scoop is so small. I probably need at least three scoops of this. So three scoops of C4 go into my raspberry smoothie. And it was very sweet. But I like chugged this whole smoothie, headed out of the house, went to my hot yoga class. And I just remember the beginning, like starting the breathing exercises And I seriously thought I was having an out-of-body experience. My whole body body was tingling. I was soaked in sweat within like the first 30 seconds. I wanted to leave, but I was like too out of it to even like pack up my mat and get to the door. I seriously thought I was having a stroke or something. Like I didn't even remember I took pre-workout. That's how messed up I was. And by the end of the 90-minute class, like it had totally passed and all of the feelings had faded and I left and I was like, oh, all right, I'm fine. But that just goes to show like how ill-informed we can be on supplements. And I was totally one of those people. So the main moral of that story is to definitely make sure that the supplements you are investing in actually align with your goals and that you have done your research to know what that supplement actually does. All right. So let's get into our main topic. What supplements are good? What supplements are bad? And again, this is individualized. But the first supplement that I want to talk about that is a pretty solid supplement is whey isolate protein powder. Whey isolate protein powders are like the most filtered variety of your protein powder, which means the protein has very low levels of sugar and fats and carbs. And you're basically just getting pure protein unlike some of the other types of protein powders on the market. And in addition to having like a lower total carbohydrate content, whey isolate also has a significantly lower lactose content. Even though um, it is derived from dairy, it's it's a pretty safe choice for those of you who are lactose intolerant. If you do have a significant dairy sensitivity, though, you may find that um, even a whey isolate protein can cause some bloating or mild digestive issues. Another option to opt for could be a pea protein. And dairy does get like a really bad reputation for causing inflammation in the body. And personally, I don't like dairy. Like I don't enjoy the taste of it. I fucking hate milk. Like I think it's the most disgusting thing on the planet. And I don't promote my clients have a high dairy consumption, but it's not always the dairy that causes inflammation. And there's actually some properties of dairy that can be very anti-inflammatory. So again, it's it's not always just the dairy. And sometimes it's the shit diet that the cow was eating because of how consumer-oriented the grocery industry is. Cows eat 
nasty shit. So if you consume dairy, I definitely recommend opting for the grass-fed variety. Overall, though, using a protein powder to supplement your diet can absolutely help to make sure you are hitting your protein target. It is also quite versatile. You can add it to shakes, smoothies, oats. There's so many delicious recipes you can actually create with a protein powder. I personally don't actually like to drink my protein. I don't like to drink my calories in general. I love to eat. So I'll often mix my protein powder with peanut butter and a little couple drops of water, add a little sprinkle of Himalayan pink salt on top and make it into kind of like a cookie dough. And again, unlike most protein sources, protein powder is sweet. So if you have a sweet tooth and you aren't feeling like eating chicken breast or eating tuna or egg whites, Protein powder can totally curb your craving and also provide you with some protein. Is it as ideal as a whole food protein source? Absolutely not. Whole foods are king always. But it's still a very useful supplement. The next supplement I want to mention is omega-3s. Most of us living in North America have very high inflammation. And supplementing with an omega-3 supplement can help reduce that. But only if you are also managing your other biofeedback markers. So things like sleep, stress, heart rate variability, recovery. Those are the things that are actually going to make the biggest difference. But I do think omega-3 is a useful supplement. And of course, you can also get it from your diet. Things like salmon, things like walnuts. But unfortunately, we don't generally eat enough omega-3 containing foods regularly. And today, most people are actually eating a ton of omega-6 fatty acids because of there's such a large amount of processed seed oils and processed vegetable oils in the foods that we normally eat on on a typical North American diet. And even if you're not drinking those oils or anything and you might not be adding them to your food, They are in so many of the foods we eat, even the foods that are marketed as health foods. So that is one of the reasons why at Cut and Conquer, we focus so much on whole foods with our clients and whole foods that come from the earth. Anything that's processed is generally not going to be an optimal food choice, especially for weight loss and for building lean muscle. So a couple other noteworthy supplements, vitamin D3, especially if you live in Fort Mac like me, where it's literally like negative eight fucking billion outside. (laughs) Literally, it's like minus 50 right now. Really, if you live in any part of Canada, it's likely that you could be vitamin D deficient. In addition to vitamin D3, vitamin C is also going to be a helpful supplement that can help um, strengthen your immune system because, you know, COVID, we got to all have that healthy, healthy immune system. But honestly, if you're eating a healthy, balanced diet, you still should be able to get a significant amount of vitamin C from, from your diet. The next supplement I want to talk about is creatine. It is one of the few supplements that actually has a good amount of scientific research backing it up. And contrary to what you may have heard, if you're a woman or if you're a man, it will not make you blow up. It will not make you grow insane muscles. Unfortunately, I kind of wish it did. And it is not illegal. I don't know why creatine kind of gets that bad reputation. Is creatine necessary? 
absolutely not. There's been many times in my life where I have taken it consistently for many months at a time. And there's been many times in my life where I have not taken it for many months at a time. Do I notice a significant difference when I'm taking it versus when I'm not taking it? Definitely not a significant difference, but it can help you with some moderate strength gains in the gym and it can help you with hydration. So I definitely recommend doing your own research to see if this is a supplement that you would be interested in taking. And next up is glutamine. Again, definitely not required, but it can help with muscle soreness and recovery. We all know that proper recovery is key to both building muscle and losing fat. And it's really important that you are going into your workouts recovered. Of course, when you are training and when you are practicing progressive overload in your training, you are going to be sore. But we never want to go into a workout too sore to perform properly. And I know I've said this a few times already during this episode, but it is so true and so important that sleep and stress reduction are really going to make the biggest difference on your recovery and managing the inflammation in your body. In addition to improving recovery, though, glutamine also does have some gut health benefits. And I know there are a lot of people out there who struggle with digestion or bloating, and there's a variety of digestive issues. So again, the very first place to look would be your diet. Sometimes it can even be as simple as opting for more cooked veggies instead of eating raw vegetables. But if you are consistently experiencing these types of issues, it's absolutely something you want to look into. And one thing you can do aside from supplementation to help optimize gut health would be to consume some fermented foods. So things like sauerkraut, kefir, Greek yogurt, Those are the types of foods that can boost the number of beneficial bacteria and probiotics in your gut. And having a healthy, diverse microbiome is very important for optimal digestion and absorption of food and and nutrients. For those of you who don't know, your microbiome is the ecosystem of your gut. Taking a pre- or probiotic supplement can also help, but there are a few different strains and quite a few different types. So, I highly recommend consulting with your healthcare professional to ensure you're actually getting the right one for you. And honestly, before you begin taking any supplements at all, I highly recommend you consult with your doctor and get your blood work done because you want to identify if you have any deficiencies or any underlying issues that could actually be made worse by taking a certain supplement. Okay. And before we close out the episode today, I will bring up a few supplements that I personally think are a complete waste of money. (laughs) Fat burners and most detoxes. And I know that fat burners can sound and look so appealing, but they will not actually help you lose fat. The only thing that will help you lose fat is working out, eating clean, and ultimately being in a caloric deficit. If you are not doing those things, you can take eight million fat burners and they will not make a difference. Can there be a placebo effect? Absolutely. Often we invest into a supplement or a supplement stack, and we automatically will just start partaking in more healthy behaviors. We will start working out. We will start eating clean. And ultimately, that will lead to fat loss. If you're in a caloric deficit, you can expect to lose weight. But it's not the fat burner that is making you lose the fat. However, purchasing a fat burner 
does make you invest into your health more so you do start eating better and you do start working out more consistently, then sure, there can be some value in that. A few other little tips on supplements that I do have for you is, I mean, I personally try to stay away from blends. So any supplement that's, that is advertised as a blend or says blend on the label is generally not an optimal choice. Again, this isn't set in stone, but you can kind of think about it like, you know, when you're at the grocery store and you see ground chicken and then you see ground chicken breast and you know that the ground chicken breast is made of breast meat, but you don't ultimately know what's in the ground chicken. It's just ground chicken. It might be the good parts of the chicken. It might be the nasty parts of the chicken. And often this is kind of the same thing that can be applied to blends. We just don't know if the quality of the ingredients is there or if the ingredients are in the proper ratio for that supplement. And I guess we better touch on pre-workout as well. Do you need it? No. Can it help you? It definitely can. One thing a lot of people don't realize with pre-workout is there are actually multiple different formulas of pre-workouts for different goals. So are you looking into taking a pre-workout for energy? Are you looking into taking it for improved focus? Or are you looking to take it for more pump in the gym? Because figuring that out will influence what type of pre-workout you'll actually want to invest into. And if you are taking a pre-workout strictly for increased energy, honestly, caffeine is really going to be your best option. So have a cup of coffee or have an espresso because purchasing a pre-workout for energy is going to be quite expensive in comparison to the cost of a cup of coffee. And if you're not taking it for energy, there's no point in overloading your body with caffeine. So you'll honestly probably want to go for a type of non-stim pre-workout. And the most important thing I tell my clients when it comes to pre-workout is do not use pre-workout as a crutch. If you are eating properly and if you are managing those biofeedback markers that we talked about, things like sleep, things like stress and recovery, you shouldn't need pre-workout every day or every time you work out. Sometimes we actually are more addicted to the actual ritual of taking the pre-workout than the actual supplement. So you can always replace that pre-workout powder with something else. But if you find you are relying on pre-workout and needing to take it every day, that's honestly a good indicator that you need to look into your sleep, into your stress, and into your recovery because something is likely off. And then finally, last tip to finish up, and I haven't actually looked into the research of this one in depth, but it's just a rule of thumb that I go by. If you are purchasing a supplement in pill form, aim to get capsules and not the hard tablets. The capsules will digest better, which means you can absorb the contents of that supplement better, as opposed to a hard tablet that might not break down properly. Again, this isn't a set-in-stone rule, but it's definitely something else to consider. So I hope you guys got some value from this episode, and if you are purchasing any supplements in the future, I hope you can make the best possible decision for your body and for your goals. So if you have learned anything, please take a screenshot of this episode, share it to your Instagram story and tag me at Nyfina.
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nyfina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life.